are back with the Mailbag Podcast, coming to you live from the Grand X Media Studio in Austin, Texas. I am joined, as always, by producer Micah. Micah, what's up? Man, it's great to be here. Great to have you back in the stew. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I've been out. So this is my first podcast of the week, actually. I've been sick. I'm still not doing hot. I'm you at, look hot, though. Well, thank you. I'm at like uh, 70% maybe. We'll see how it goes today. I might have to do a little uh, a little break. Well, we're all day today. Yeah. Hopefully well, we get through this one. We have a, a huge guest today. Huge. His name is Ross Bolin. Ross, what is up, sir? Hello. Ross, I'm, not, I'm not huge physically. Yeah. Well, you're, you're a skinny man, but you are kind of tall. Yeah, so, but I'm not like physically imposing. No. No, Wait, no, no one would call you that. I'm just huge on the internet. Is that what you mean? No, I don't mean that either. Oh, what do you mean? Uh, just huge as in like you're just a, a big time. Well, you're huge on the You're big on the internet. Yeah, that's fair. In what way you're am I? You're a big I, podcast guy. I, like I'm, I'm familiar. Well, I'm going to set you up for a, a podcast plug here. You oh. have your own podcast and it's doing quite well. What's it called? We're not going to talk about my huge penis. Well, no one can confirm that in this room. I guess huge. that's true. No one in this room can confirm that, including myself. Um, What's your podcast? No, called? my show is called the Ross Bolin Podcast. It's a comedy and humor show. We we talk a lot about serious things too, like life, and that's it. That's all I'm going to tell you. I've been on a few times. You have. It's a fun times. podcast. Yeah, we love it. People seem to love it. Check it out. It's the Ross Bolin Podcast. So but I'm I, excited to do this. I've never been on the mailbag yeah, before. Is, I've. Decided to have you on a phone. Everyone's everyone's done it but you. You're the last guy. It's kind of fucked up. Well, you're kind of a busy dude. You do a lot of podcasts. Yeah, you do like yeah. seven or eight a week. And so I just kind of feel guilty inviting you on here. I also masturbate a lot, which well, okay. takes up a lot of time. You're getting dirty with this already. I don't know where the line is on this show. You say things like... There shit, is no you know, line. All you, topics are on the table, Billy. You say shitcock? You say stuff like that? You can say shitcock. Okay. You can obviously you can say Sorry, masturbate. Sorry, this is your show. I'm gonna be quiet. We haven't had a masturbation topic yet, but it'll it'll come up. Oh. We get we get some dirty ones. Once sometimes. you have me on as a guest, all the masturbation questions start rolling in. You know that's what? when it gets weird. If you would like, you can present your own question or own topic and we can get into that. It, even if it's masturbation. I'll try to think of one about jerking it. So this is my first podcast of the of the week since I've been sick. This water situation is really a drag. It fucking sucks. I, this is my first cup of coffee since Friday because I've been too scared to make it. You can't make it, so I had to go buy bottled water just to make coffee. If you don't know, in Austin, Texas, we've been getting rain for like two months straight. It's just been a living hell. It's raining and as we speak. Now, I want to I wanna impress something upon you people. We understand that our issues are much smaller than issues in other places like on the earth, right? We're like, quite privileged. Yes, we get that. Just to be very clear, we are aware that we are not living in a third world country sans any governmental help or anything like that. We get it. But this is still new for us. But this still sucks ass. And we still have to deal with it. We don't have any clean water because our filtration system can't handle it. So we're not allowed to drink uh, the this water from the faucet or use it to cook or you use, can't it use it to clean. To, to wash dishes. Which is weird. Because you think all be, the soap and the hotness of the water in the dishwasher would kill everything. If, if you have a sanitized setting on your dishwasher, you're fine because it gets so hot that it kills all that shit. Oh, but that's what the sanitizer does? It just gets super hot? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But the the thing is that when this first broke, when this news broke a couple of days ago, we were like, okay, we'll go a couple of days with, you know, we'll all, we'll all have to buy bottled water. All the grocery stores have been, you know, sold out. The shelves are empty and shit. But now it turns out this might last like two weeks. And people are starting to freak out. I'm freaking out a little. You're sick. Nobody knows what's wrong with you. You might already have the disease. To be fair, I got sick on Saturday before they issued the, the citywide 
boil your water ordinance. Boil ordinance. Whatever, whatever you call it. Boiling morning. And I haven't had a sip of the bad water since then. I have been brushing my teeth with, you know, I've the water's gotten on my toothbrush. Yeah. But that's it. I think I'm okay on that front. But I am pretty sick. I keep drinking it accidentally. Like, I keep forgetting and, t- and drinking it when I'm brushing my teeth or whatever. I didn't even know you weren't supposed to brush your teeth with it till this morning. I'm probably going to die anyway. It's- Dan was straight up drinking it on Monday and asking people, like, it's not a big deal, right? Like, no, Dan, actually, it's a pretty serious deal. You probably should yeah, stop Yeah, he's a regular, that. everyday moron. Anyway, this is the Mailbag Podcast. We're going to get into, we have seven questions today. Most of our emails, actually, not as many voicemails today. The hotline number is 833-345-5662. Holy hell. That is 833-DYLAN-C. Oh, How about there you that? go. That's, that's way better than all those numbers. A lot numbers. of people like you are bad with numbers, so just remember 833-DYLAN-C. That's easy. I can do that. And you can also email me. That's Dylan at grandex.co. And Micah, if you don't mind reading the uh, emails for us, the first one is an email. So let's get right into it. There's no M on the end of his email. Yeah, it's just .co. A lot of people get confused. Because so many have .com. You like everyone except for us. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Micah. Go ahead. Hey, Dylan. First of all, huge fan of the column and the podcast. Keep up the good work. I'll try to keep this short and to the point. My question for you is, how did you end up hosting your own podcast as well as writing columns? Was this something you always wanted to do or something that was unplanned and just kind of happened? I've been thinking a lot about lately about pursuing a career in writing, and I guess what I really want to know is, is if this is feasible or not. If so, what tips do you have for a college student trying to make a name for themselves in a heavily saturated in- industry? Do I write as a hobby and see where it goes from there? What platforms are best for promoting my work? I would love to hear your thoughts. So this is a good one for Billy. So oh. Billy and I kind of came up similarly. We were the first two hires at Grand X, and we got into writing columns from the jump. When I first started there, or here, I should say, Bill, you were right in the middle of writing your book. Yeah. And you were never in the office. Ever. No, it was a weird time period. You wrote for from like, home mostly. Yeah, for like a full year, I mostly worked at home trying to focus on getting the total frat move book done. But yeah, this is a good question. We're a good pair to answer this question because it's been almost eight years now that I've worked here um, doing all various manners of internet entertainment, none of which are pornography related, by the way. So same for you. Yeah. And the way media has changed, like we used to write a lot. Like I wrote for this, I've written, I don't know, maybe in the thousands at this point articles for either TFM or PGP. Yeah. And then we just kind of focused and we slowly started introducing podcasts into the mix and now we're pretty much all podcast guys, yeah. which is, it's been an interesting way that the, the media landscape has kind of changed. Uh, you studied, correct me if I'm wrong, journalism in school. That is correct. I did not. I was a business guy. I, don't I, really know. I was a minor in business. Were I didn't you? learn any, any business or journalism, I, just for the record. To be fair, I didn't learn any business either, and it was my major. Yeah. So if you want to get into this type of work, um, I mean, you just have to put together some kind of portfolio, and that just means... If you want to be a writer, you got to just start writing, I guess. I mean, it's just, it's a weird spot, especially where the industry is now, because it's like, there's there's only so many options for companies that do what we do. Um, True. You can call it an oversaturated market, and you'd be sort of right, but it's also super young. It's like, very much in its infancy still, online media is, and the reasoning for that is that there's still things being sorted out. Like the reason Dylan and I don't focus on writing anymore is frankly because people don't read. And secondly, because it doesn't pay because people don't read. Yeah. 
uh, and the way the advertising world was set up for publications to make money off of written columns and articles was garbage. It was stupid. The whole advertising realm surrounding programmatic ads, uh, people were cheating the system left and right. The whole fucking thing was broken. All those impressions that you that they were getting were kind of worthless because it was just yeah kind of fly by traffic viral traffic essentially people ended up finding out like oh this is meaningless basically yeah. the whole th the whole thing was a sham and uh long story short like over the years yeah we where we've ended up shifting our focus to is what you're listening to now is podcasting almost exclusively and it's for that reason this is what you gotta the thing you have to ask yourself constantly with online media is where's the value at and like the real value what is what are people getting out of this? And one of the reasons why podcasting is so big is because the audience is a, it's what's considered a super engaged audience. So he was just saying the viral traffic that's a really cheap audience. You know, you get a thousand clicks on an article, and it's not going to do much for you because people don't the the ads just don't translate, and they don't care about you. They don't care about don't who care, wrote yeah. it. They probably don't even read the byline. It's most just of the time. words on a screen. But yeah. podcasting is very different. So if you're listening to this, it's because you might enjoy what I have to say and my guest, what my guest has to say. We cover interesting things, and you're considered a really engaged listener. Right. And the stuff that we pitch to you, the sponsors, uh, it, it just translates really well. We, we see results from it, I don't, I don't know how many times over that, that we do from. It's, a, know, it's an extremely a, effective yeah, medium. it's a very effective medium. Uh, uh, Both for entertaining and advertising. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's great. That's why we're all in on it. So if you're trying to get into this, like Bill said, find something that's kind of going to be worthwhile to pursue. And then you kind of just have to jump in, man. It's like... Uh, find a niche. Find something you're good yeah. at and, and be really good at it. And if you want to start a podcast to kind of have like a work to show people, like that's probably a, a good way to start. Even if you're not getting a bunch of listeners, that's okay. At least you have recordings and a, a portfolio of episodes that you've put together that are good and entertaining yeah. like this is what i can do you want me to can i give one more piece of advice of course find your own voice uh way too often we see young people or like people just just jumping into the writing or the podcasting game or whatever they just try to emulate someone they really like and it's super obvious yeah, um, and it's lame it's not authentic You're it not doesn't work person. yeah you need to find your own voice and be you and I, until you do that, you're not going to be good at anything else. So do that first and then start writing and, and recording. Or maybe you have to write and record to get to that point. I don't know. I'm just saying that's important. Yeah. Micah, you studied journalism. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. At the world's first and finest journalism school, the University of Missouri. <laughs> or as we know it, uh, the Missouri School of Journalism. Oh, so so both these guys are journalism guys, not me. The only thing that I would add to this is um, most podcasts quit or shut down before the average uh, podcast ends after 13 episodes. Really? Aww. So this being said, if you're going to do something, if you want to start podcasting or whatever, you need to make a commitment that you're going to do this like at least for six months. Um, do not just go out there and be like, oh, yeah, I know what I'm going to do the first four episodes. Because by the time you get to like 13, you're going to be done. And uh, then you've just wasted that many 13 hours of your life or whatever. Uh, find a way to make a long-term plan and uh, commit to it. That's the best way to uh, do podcasting in my experience is to set a, set a goal, do it weekly, and uh, and actually you know have a long-term yeah. plan to do it. No matter, you know, it may take a year, it may take two years before you have any sort of following, uh, but you gotta make sure that you're willing to do it and you enjoy doing it or you're not gonna continue to do it. And to be totally fair and transparent, Ross and I both kinda had 
an advantage. We knew two guys, we went to school with them, who started TFM, and that's how we got a foot in the door. So we had a kind of an advantage built in there. Yeah, there was like, we very much fell into the online media world in that way. Um, because we had TFM, and for those of you who are familiar with TFM, which is probably most of you, you know how hot it was like back in the day. It was like a launch pad. It, was, it made it a lot easier for Dylan and I to do the things we're talking about now, starting our, finding our own voice, uh, we were kind of forced into the fire, so it was it was a blessing and a curse. But it, no matter what, it's just a matter of Micah's point is very important that you stay that you you got to persevere. If you just give up, you're gonna fail. Yeah, a lot. don't expect yeah. it to grow right off the. No, gym, that's it's not, absolutely not going to. It's not going to. Uh, it's very difficult to grow an audience. That's the hardest part of it, and you got to be patient and work really hard and really want it, and then just stay on the lookout for the opportunity that's going to present itself to you that gives you the chance to go do what you love. I feel like we crushed that question. I, I feel like we did. Let's get to the next one, Micah. Okay, it's another email. Dylan, I'll keep this one short for you. I have a little over 280 followers, nothing crazy. I don't use hashtags, mostly for the same reasons you guys don't. Maybe it's sarcastic gnar, if, hashtag gnar, if I'm getting pitted shredding waves. <laughs> I also don't post frequently, maybe a gram a month. <laughs> Every other month. I try not to flex or do something most people don't care about, mostly because I can't stand when other people's do that. I just try and post something people would look at and go, that's tight. My picks do 60 to 70 likes per post. <laughs> Given my follower count, do I do numbers? <laughs> P.S. The new hat is tight. I've been on the hunt for one for some time now. You've inspired me to snag one and get some fits off this winter. Wow. You talking about your felt hat? I love to inspire people with my, my hat your wear. Your felt my hat? My headwear. Yeah. Oh. Bill, you have one too. Yeah, I do. Have I, you worn it since you took that picture in it? Uh, yes, but only in the comfort of my home for like a few seconds alone. Like I'll put it on and look at myself in the mirror to make sure I've still got it. I'm like, yeah, all right. And then I take it off. But like, we're getting into this later uh, on Barrett Dudley's Club Cool podcast. We're going to talk felt hats and, and Western wear, and I can't wait. So tune into that. But By we, you mean you and him. Wait, yeah, me and, yeah. and Barrett. I won't be there. We're getting into it. You won't be there. No, I'm not. I don't right. know why this guy's question was funny to me, but uh, I think I have it figured out, actually. Okay. So there's like a sliding scale of how many likes you should expect on based your account. Based on your followers. Based on your followers. So if you have a, a low follow count, like 200, by the way, you might want to be more concerned that you only have 280 followers at this point. Yeah, that's a little weird. But if you have 280 followers, I assume that most of those people you know personally. I hope so. I would say 100 plus, 100, 150 plus you know personally. Not many of these people are strangers. Right. Yeah. So I would expect most of your followers to want to like your post. Sure. If you say you're getting 60 to 70. Eh, that seems a little low to me. So Bill and I, we have about the same. We have between 14 and 15,000. If I get 10% of my followers to like a post, that's a good benchmark for me. Okay. So I'm looking at 1,400-ish okay. likes on an Instagram post. Let's go to the extreme other end of the spectrum. Uh, Kendall Jenner has 90-something million followers. Right. She gets between 2 and 3 million <laughs> likes per post, which is a hell of a lot of likes. But it's like 3 to 4%. Okay. See so what I'm the, saying? So there's a – yeah. The, the more followers you have, the lower percentage you should expect. It's funny because that rule kind of applies to all forms of audience. The bigger your audience gets, the less – the smaller percentage of people – that is going to be like hardcore fans and yeah. followers that like all your stuff and engage with you. And yeah, if you have 75 followers and you post a fire gram and your your boy, let's call him Tim. T 
Timmy. Tim doesn't like your post. You could be like, Tim, what the fuck, dude? That's yeah. A, I know you saw it. You're liking other shit. But Kendall Jenner, she can't call up. She can't call up people be like, hey, what's the deal? Because there are 95 million of them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, it makes it harder. Yeah. To hold the, your followers accountable. I don't know, man. This one's tough for me because I've been through a phase even where I had like my Instagram got real weak. Part of the problem is you're posting once a month. You should uh, make your goal next month to post once a week and then go from there. Wow. You should because that, that's not enough posts. You got it. The more Up you your post, numbers. the more followers you'll get, the more likes you'll get, all that. kind of It kind of snowballs. Yeah. You gain, you gain momentum. But uh, there was a point where, where I had a lot of followers or, you know, by my, everything's relative, but by my standards, I had like 10,000 followers or something. And I was getting shit numbers on my likes. Like, it's because I wasn't putting things up very often and I didn't really know what to put up or why. So that's the thing you kind of got to figure out is like, it's the same thing as finding your voice for podcasting or writing, except on Instagram. It's just a different medium. Got to figure out what kind of pictures you're going to put up, what your followers want to see, that type of shit. But really, if you're not in media and it doesn't matter, fuck it. Who cares how many followers you have, dude? Who cares how many people like your posts? That account is for you. Yeah, it's collection, everybody of, collection of memories. Hey, Bill, by the way, you just passed me an Instagram followers. Did you know that? I did. Yeah. I told you it was going to happen. I know. You you ran me down, dude. Forever I've been the king of followers on uh Across all, across all mediums for Grand X. But especially, dude, on the Gram, well, I guess Twitter, your numbers are pretty crazy. But the Gram was a depressing one for me because it was like, th what I just spoke to when I had the time period where I was getting dick for likes, and again, this is all very lame, but it matters to me in my job. Uh, I had to like figure out what I was going to do with my account, like what kind of pictures I was going to need to be taking. It takes work to like make sure you even have photos. You know what, Bill? Full disclosure, we recently talked about, this was on a touching base, the time you turned your account into a meme account for a little bit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a dark time. Dude, I think that might have been what ruined it. That, well, that was like three or four years ago. <laughs> we had, we were I was so confused what, what was okay, going on there. There was this point, though, where it was like, I didn't know what to do with my Instagram because Twitter is a great po place for me. Like, I'm a writer, you know, like, naturally, that's what, I'm, what I do. It's what I'm good at, so... Twitter makes sense. Instagram was like, what the fuck am I going to take pictures of that really anybody gives a shit about? Uh, and I didn't know. And I was angry about all the shit that was going on with the fat Jew and fuck Jerry and all those guys just stacking millions of followers and getting rich off their f accounts where they're just stealing content. Which so you by took the way, a shot at it. Now nobody even cares. So I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm going to do it. And I did it for like two weeks. And it was a living hell. We roasted you. Everyone I know roasted me. I had, like, I had like aunts and uncles I haven't spoken to in years like calling me up to make sure I was okay because <laughs> I was trying to be a meme lord. It was a weird It was a weird time, Bill. I'm glad you snapped out of it. It was though. probably the darkest you got time shamed. in my life. Actually, Dave mentioned that uh, on your bachelor party yeah. was, was when the worst of it. We were sitting, I got we were, fried. We were at dinner Yeah, and people were just giving it to you. Like, dude, what are you doing? And we'd, we'd It was been, basically an intervention. We'd been drinking a lot. That you called. Yeah. <laughs> that I held for myself. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately it was like the least important of the two interventions that anybody could have had for me. I remember at one point I was sitting there with a, uh, a wine glass with the stem broken off at that table. That was a sloppy ass dinner. Is that was point. a fun trip. Though. It was fun as shit, but it was sloppy. But yeah, dude, you're not in, listen, you're not, I, this is what pisses me off about this situation is this, it's just some dude. He's just some guy with 280 followers and trying he's, to live he's his like, fucking life. He's fretting over this. And he's comparing himself to like people that, that do this for a living. That's not fair. Like. That accounts just for you, bro. Don't don't 
Fuck how many likes you get. It doesn't matter. You're not is. in media. End of rant. Uh, let's talk Robinhood, Bill. Let's. Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos, and it's commission-free. This is the biggest thing with Robinhood. Um, I'm very familiar with this because I've used it personally. No commission on trades is a very, very big deal. All of these different brokerages are going to charge you like up to $10 per trade that you do, which adds up so much quicker than you realize. And Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You can trade stocks and keep all of your profits, which sounds much better than getting a fee every single time you trade something, obviously. Absolutely. And their whole goal is to make fin financial services work for everybody, not just the wealthy. And it's the, the reason they drew me in is because I'm a guy that doesn't have a ton of experience investing. I've jumped in before with a different app a few years back and tried to like figure out how to navigate it. And I just, it's too overwhelming. There's too much going on. Robinhood makes that all a lot easier. It's a non-intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time with true confidence. And I believe it's not like, you don't have to do a ton of research on your own because they're going to provide you with easy to understand charts and market data like it's, it's as simple as this process could possibly be, and you can place a trade in just four taps of your smartphone, and I believe they're offering some kind of special deal yeah. for your listenership. A free stock like Apple, Ford, Sprint, something like that to get you started. Those are big boy stocks. Yeah, and that's grandex.robinhood.com to activate that offer. And like you said, a great way to get your foot in the door. Absolutely. Grandex.robinhood.com. Grandex.robinhood.com. The next one is a voicemail. Micah. Hey, Dill, uh, two for the mailbag about a dude hitting on your girl at the bar. Uh, so, like, uh, not, uh, you know, grabbing your ass, but uh, blatantly hitting on her, hypothetical. Uh, I go to get a TT off, come back, and uh, I'm a much larger guy. You know, I'm not a big guy. Most guys going to be bigger than me is uh, chatting up and uh, being pretty forward and uh, flirting with my girl. You know, I don't want to seem like a huge doucher, but I also don't want to seem like a beta. How do I intervene? Thanks. All right, Bill, to catch you up. Um, in the most recent mailbag um, editorial, there was a question. The guy said uh, a guy much bigger than him grabbed Ooh. his girlfriend, like grabbed her ass or something. Oh, like And he didn't know how to handle that's it. That's assault, brother. Because he's a lot bigger than this dude. But you can't just like not do anything. This guy chose not to do anything, by the way. Okay. So there are ways of approaching a big dude who does something like that and keep it, you know, from coming to fisticuffs sure but he just wanted me, he was asking me about it and i said well there are ways to approach someone to be like look you're you can't do that man like this is you can't just go around grabbing people and they're probably if you approach them calmly it's probably not going to come to blows ah, you never know though people at bars are irrational that's what i said i said this guy was probably looking for a fight so here i'll give you one well first of all the answer to this question depends entirely on your age um that's the biggest factor to me because if you're in high school just hit him who gives a fuck? <laughs> what? Doesn't matter. If you're in okay. college, maybe maybe hit him too. I don't know. But when you're an adult, you can't do shit like that anymore, and it sucks. But I'll give you a story. When I was in college, I was dating a very attractive girl, uh, and this is not like a humble brag. I'm just straight up bragging. She was super hot. She got hit on a lot, and it was extremely annoying. Um, she I she was definitely out of my league, like in terms of what I had pulled off here. Like I had outkicked my coverage. Dudes were upset with this. Like, what the fuck is this guy doing? And uh, as a result, they would try even harder to hit on her. One time, we go to our favorite bar. We go upstairs. It's probably like 1030, which is super early in college. We sit down at a table. It's me, my girlfriend, a couple other friends. We're all laughing, having drinks, having a good time. She's sitting across from me at this table. And this drunk dude comes and sits down next to her. 
Now, we don't know him, and he doesn't know us, and I don't know what his intentions are, so I don't say anything. And he's clearly wasted, which is very common in college. I was wasted most of the time, and he's rambling. But then it becomes clear very quickly that he doesn't realize that the girl at the table that he's sitting next to is my girlfriend, that she's taken. And he's, like, being extremely forward, just as the dude in the, e- or the voicemail just said. And I had to just point blank tell him, hey, like, no, nah, dude, uh, no, nah, you can't, like, that. she's my girlfriend. Yeah. And he was like, whoa, sorry, bro, like, didn't mean to intervene and got all fucking dumb about it. And then it almost came to blows and it was this big thing. But the point is, I think your best move in college is to just let the other person know point blank. Oh, hey, yo, just so you're aware, like, we're dating. Yeah. So you can't hit on her. Yeah. And then the rest of it depends entirely on their reaction. You would hope that they would be understanding. Of course, when yeah. alcohol is involved, People it's kind of a stupid. shot in the dark. You yeah. don't know how they're going to react. But if they're level-headed, they should be like, oh, my bad, I'll move along. Right. You hope that's the outcome. That's best case for everyone involved. Uh, but if you do say that and they do react violently – be prepared to at least those you know defend yourself yeah it's this is where this is the area the gray area of this situation that sucks for me it's because the answer is the right thing to do there is you tell him and if he's a dickhead about it you tell him to fuck off and if he chooses to not fuck off and confront you violently you beat his ass yeah the problem is you get arrested for that yeah uh, because it's illegal that's a real problem you don't want to go to jail you can usually read their body language and their demeanor and Kind of tell if they want the smoke or not. Yeah. Like this guy, if someone wants to fight, you can usually you know tell. pretty quickly. You can tell if they want to fight. The key then is you might approach the, it differently. Get the fuck out of there yeah. is the answer. And if he's yeah. a lot bigger than you, don't don't get your ass beat just for this. Because point blank, at the end of the day, the person who needs to understand what's going on is you and your girlfriend, right? Yeah. So fuck this stranger. It's not worth the getting arrested at the bar, spending the night in the drunk tank for public intoxication or... Uh, fighting, whatever the yeah. charges you get there, assault. Fuck all that noise. Just tell the dude point yeah. blank what the situation is and get out of there. So this caller, he said he came back from the restroom and a guy was just talking to his girlfriend. That's not a big deal. He that did, dude doesn't know. He just sitting at a girl at the bar. Uh, all you have to do is go up, you know, shoulder to shoulder with her and introduce yourself, and he'll get he'll get the point. And it's not gonna it's not that's not a big deal. Yeah. Just or, say hey, I'm I'm uh, Josh. Right. I'm. And he'll be like, oh, you two must be together. Yeah. Or else why would you be coming up to me to say hi? That's or he's an, a moron an and he'll be like, that's great, Josh. Get the hey, fuck yeah, out of I'm here. I'm hitting on this girl here, Josh, you jackass. And then you bite his dick on fire. That's when you're like, nah, like she's actually with me. Right. You stupid idiot. What I used to do sometimes was, was I'd just not say anything and then uh, be a total asshole to my girlfriend after we left the bar. Now, that's <laughs> that's not the answer. Yeah, I wouldn't, Don't I wouldn't do recommend that, doing that. You insecure douche. Man, the dating game, it's rough out there, Bill. It is, dude. It's, it's fucking hard. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do the next one, Micah. Yeah, what's up, guys? I was listening. Oh, it's James from Jacksonville, by the way. Uh, love all y'all, the Grand X. Uh, if you guys play this, everyone listening, every fucking podcast they have is fire. And go listen to it now. But I was listening to everything uh, you guys are saying about uh, protected sex and bringing condoms. And personally, if I'm about to have sex with someone, and they want to have a, use a condom, I just want to have sex. I would rather get to know that person until we're comfortable and there's no doubt because if I want to put my dick in a plastic bag and not feel anything, I can do that at home and save myself $50 on a fucking date. 
that's just me. Keep up the good work, guys. Love y'all. The, I, I enjoyed this one, too. What a oh, where, psycho. Who are you finding a $50 condom at, bro? Dude, dude I think he's saying, like, spend money on the date and oh. then go back after. <laughs> okay, sorry. But, like, who turned, like, con- sex with a condom is not so bad that you turn it down in lieu of, like, waiting. No. Uh, what a psycho this guy I think is. he might have mispresented himself. I hope he did anyway, because the, here's the thing. If you're having sex with chicks you don't know, you absolutely have to wear a condom. If they suggest you wear a condom, you should 1,000% wear a condom. What the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, He's just saying, like, nah, I'll wait for the real thing. Right. And, looks, I get that. As a dude who I haven't used very many condoms in my life, frankly, and it was a a very dangerous game that I played for a very long time, and fortunately I came out scot-free with, like, no kids and no diseases somehow, which does not happen. Very often, uh, or as often as you would think. But I get it. I, I get not liking condoms and not wanting to use them. And the, it, First of all, it doesn't take away all the feeling. Don't pretend like, yeah, come on, that's that's not the, the case. If that's the case, you're, you're doing something wrong, um, like jacking it too much here's probably. A, here's a pro for condoms that I, I is rarely mentioned. The peace of mind you get from using one is a huge, is a huge plus. Versus the anxiety of because not using at, one? Afterward, you're like, fuck. It's awful. You just you just wait around for bad news to come your way. For literally weeks sometimes. Yeah. Like you're like, well, she's probably pregnant. Yeah. Like Guess I'll the wait peace to see of if she mind, gets her period. It makes the losing a little bit of sensation worth it. Yeah. To and me. Listen, but to, to turn down sex with a condom and just wait like hopefully she sticks around just to get to know you, that's crazy. I don't know what you're not having any sex? Like what are you doing? No, because you see, the point here, again, is to avoid disease and pregnation. Yeah. Is that a word? Pregnation? Pregnancy. Uh, pregnancy. Uh, <laughs> pregnation? What? Anyway, yeah, you, though, though, that's the point, bro. It's not about your your uh, your boner getting maximum stimulation. If everything was just about pleasure in this world, life would be a lot easier. But that's how you die at, like, nine. So just put the condom on and stick it in her. You idiot. Or him. Mike, Mike has finally got something to say. Stick it in. Uh, one time I remember there was an interview that Jenny McCarthy did on Howard Stern back when Jenny McCarthy was really hot. Sure. And uh, she said, I don't like condoms. So when I like a guy and we go on a couple dates, I say, all right, go get your test. I'll go get my test and we'll do this without condoms. Now, that's a reasonable thing for for Jenny McCarthy to say now that we know she's an anti-vaxxer, no one should have sex with her. I was her, about to bring that up. Yeah, This is before this. And she was just like a playmate. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll go get tested for you, Jay McCarthy. This dude who is drunk who calls our hotline, no girl's going to be like, nah, nah, th- this isn't how it works, bro. You just strap one on, make yeah, it happen. Yeah, tell her, hey, I'd rather not wear one of these. Can we, uh, what do we need to do to do that? But you, you can never say no to sex. You're a dude. And there you go. That was great, Micah. That's a next, the next step. Assuming this is an attractive woman that you want to sleep with, sure. which apparently he does because he wants to do it without a glove. And you're a condom hater. You got to say, hey, what can we do to walk this thing Look, over? Look, I'll wear to... one tonight. Yeah. Because you know I'm not going to not get it in. Your boy yes. likes to fuck. There's a reason but, for using I mean, the condom. Be sure to say that part. Whether too. using it now or later, like there's a reason she's asking you to use it. It's, yeah. It's well, because she's smart. You. And you're smart. a moron. Yeah, you're a moron. Just wear a glove. Put the condom on, bro. You freak. Just do it. It's not worth the dice roll. Don't get me wrong. The dice roll is exciting, but <laughs> if you crap out, it's permanent. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you don't get to roll again. Nah. Put the condom on. Kids are a very real thing. They happen. Let's talk me undies. 
I finally got my shipment of me undies in. So did I. I haven't worn them wet yet. Have you, have you held them in desk. your hands? I felt them. Oh my God. They're soft as fuck. Yeah. I felt like, them in my hand. Um, I will be wearing them as soon as I can. I pressed mine to my face, which I know is weird, but they've never been on anyone yet, so it's cool. It's that micromodal fabric, dog. Yeah. It's three times softer than cotton. Do you know that? I'll be straight with you. When I saw that fact, which I now know it to be a fact, the first time I was like, okay, three times softer than cotton. Just no, wait till you get your hands they on these. They are super soft. Dude, oh my God, they're so soft. They come in pretty basic, bold colors, or they do some crazy prints, too. They have some crazy Halloween prints. They got great Halloween If you prints. want to get all festive on it. Oh, yeah. It's fall, baby. Me undies, they really are. They're just awesome. If you go to myundies.com slash mailbag, you Me get Me undies. What'd I say? My. But you've been sick. It's fine. I should have done the uh, the Australian version. Me undies. Me undies, love. Meundies.com slash mailbag. You get 15% off your first pair. And they've got a ton of selections. You also get free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee. Oh, yeah. That's big time. Again, meundies.com slash mailbag for 15% off. And oh. that guarantee, by the way, if you don't like your underwear for whatever reason, your meundies, your undies, they'll work with you to get you something that you do like. They also and if know, for whatever reason you can't do that, they'll refund you. They also know that you are going to like them. Yeah. So it's a safe offer. Right. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's legitimately a risk-free way to try the most comfortable underwear you're ever going to own. Whole squad wearing me undies. Indeed. The next one is an email. Micah, if you don't mind. Use your lovey voice. Lovey. Lovely. Sure. Yeah. Hi, Dylan. Reaching out because I'd like your take on celebrity comparisons and how to respond to them. I look a little like a little bit like Olivia Munn. And while I'm aware of your take on her aesthetic from listening to Touching Base, many people in the Houston area seem to think it's a great compliment to tell me I look like her. Lately, it's gotten a little irritating. I have some random strangers approaching me almost daily just to tell me I look like OM. I know I'm supposed to be flattered, but it's also kind of annoying and awkward. Yesterday at happy hour, a guy approached our table with a pic of Olivia Munn on his phone. No, no, OM. Okay, with a pic of OM on his phone pulled up. Held it next to my head, and, my head and said, yep, you're a dead ringer for her. I'm going to send a pic of you to my mom. <laughs> I awkwardly responded with something along the lines of, I get that comparison a lot, haha. And my friends told me I was being rude to him. Was I being rude? I get the guy was trying to be complimentary, but I don't feel obligated to gush with gratitude when a random stra stranger approaches me. But if you could help me think of a more appropriate response in these kinds of situations, please let me know. By the way, she included a picture of herself. With this email, she looks a little bit like Olivia Munn. She doesn't look a lot like Olivia Munn. Okay. But here's my question for you, ma'am. Why Why is this irritating to you? I mean, you don't look so much like it that it's happening on a daily basis or even a weekly basis. But So why is it annoying to you? Because, and yes, I'm on record saying I think Olivia Munn is slightly overrated in the looks department. But she is categorically a very attractive woman. No one is going to deny that. So when someone says, like if someone says, hey, Bill, you know, you look a lot like Chris Hemsworth. Sure. I mean, you, that wouldn't be annoying to me. That I'd, wouldn't be annoying. because I'd a, be like, first he's a of very, all, you're an idiot. Speaking of. But, but, yeah. What? Well, he's a, he's a very hot man. Caleb posted a picture of him just now. He was surfing. Dude is caked up. Did you know that? It's ridiculous. He has so much cake back there. Does he all really? Right. Yeah. Who like, knew? He's got trunk. But if someone says says that to you, it's it's that's obviously a compliment because no one can look at that guy and be like he is not a handsome man. What an unattractive a, dude! Because he's a very handsome man. So yeah. by by saying you look like Olivia Munn, 
They're saying, by, a byproduct, hey, you're attractive. So right. let it happen. Yeah. And don't refer to it as OM. Who do you look like? Does anybody tell you look like anybody? Uh, this uh, A black chick once told me that I look like Kevin, or not Kevin Spacey. What's the name of the guy? Oh, man, this is, this is going to really bug me. You remember the movie with the scientists and the gorilla where they figure out the formula to make the gorilla invisible? Kevin Bacon. Sorry. Kevin Bacon? Once told me I look like Kevin Bacon. I don't, by the you way. You know what? I don't know if I see that. I kind of see it. You know Kevin Bacon got taken by Bernie Madoff? No. For like all of his money? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, isn't that fucked up? Anyway, that's the one I got one time. People don't usually tell me I look like a one celebrity or another. When I got fat for like a year and a half, which was fun, by the way. I recommend it. Uh, people used to tell me I look like James Corden or Gordon. Gordon? Yeah. Corden? Cotton? Yeah. Corden with fat, a C. Fat me looked a lot like that. I can kind of see that a little yeah. bit. Because I, I got a, you know, I got like a big round, uh, what do you call this kind of face? Just a round face. Just a handsome round face. Just a round old face. Micah, who do you look like? Uh, John Hamm normally is what I get. <laughs> yeah, I see that. <laughs> Well, on account of the hog, everyone says people. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and, and the, the hog. Hey, that's, that's a you, want, you want me to explain to you what exactly this email is, though? It's it's a, obviously a humble brag, but what it's else? It's not is just it? that. She's trying to get your attention. So, she thinks you're hot. No. Yes, dude. Why do you get that from this email? That's she what I in, got too. She sent in this email with a picture of herself saying that she gets accused of being looking like Olivia Munn all the time. Goes on to tell this long story, uh, in which. The response she has for a person who comes up and puts his phone next to her head, which, by the way, don't just—I don't believe your, that happened. Don't go put your phone next to somebody's That's head, rude. you That's psycho. Fucking rude. And don't then he says that. he wants to send a picture to his mom. I doubt that it happened. Who is this person? Who does this? This is crazy talk. Okay, but then your response was, "I get that comparison a lot." Ha ha! And your friends told you you were being rude to him. No, you weren't being rude because that didn't fucking happen. Yeah, that's you're trying didn't to get happen. Dylan to I tell agree. you whether or not you look like Olivia Munn or whether or not he thinks you're hot. And you know what? I'm not making fun of you. I respect the hustle. But at least call a spade a spade. That's what this email is. Huh. And you agree with that, Micah? It's just my assessment. That was uh, upon first reading. I, I was thinking she was trying to shoot a shot at you. I respect I the shot that. shooting. You got to shoot. Shoot away, player. Just don't say OM. I just I just feel like this is... Yeah, it's just a, it's just a long humble brag to me. That's what it seems like. Also, Olivia Munn is a... I don't know what your Olivia Munn takes are. I haven't heard that episode of Touching Base, but she's one of the hottest chicks on the face of the earth. So if somebody tells you you look like Olivia Munn, like Dylan said, just take it. She's categorically attractive, even if, you know, like I said, she's slightly overrated. Categorically no one's gonna attractive. Say, no one's going to say she's unattractive. She's gotten hotter, too. She's, like, more into herself now. You know she a freak, too, right? Yeah, I've seen, text I've seen the leaked. sexts. Yeah. Yeah, I like Olivia Munn. Her boyfriend was uh, that dude from Star Wars or Star Trek. What's his name? I have no idea. I, I don't watch. Oh, was it Chris Bullshit. Pratt at the time? No, 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 no. Uh, he's been in other stuff too. Olivia Munn sexed. I'll find out in like two seconds. Oh, what's his name? Is Chris Kate? Pine? Chris Pine. Yeah, yeah. Chris Pine. She Lucky was like guy. photoshopping dirty text onto photos, which no one has ever. That done had never happened before. before it was or revolutionary. Since. Wait, what was she doing? She was photoshopping words like onto the pictures of on dirty pictures of herself, so it would like be a picture of her in you know bra and panties, and it would say like slide your raw perfect dick inside my. Th I'm not gonna keep going. Wait, I thought that was, that was just created by like TMZ to showcase the text or something. I think that's no, the way no, she I, legit. I, it's my understanding those were oh added by her. Oh, yeah. I did not know that. Oh yeah, she created these uh, incredible. Freak freak? I'm looking at them now. Yeah, and, they're quite uh, they're quite graphic. 
this is good stuff though. There's one with her in uh, in lingerie and she's got her back turned to the camera, and it's. I'll just read this one. I have to. It says, "Gentlemen's <laughs> choice, Chris. It's time to play. Which would you like to come home to? A, the naughty black see-through, and I'm assuming there's a, another photo with option B on it. But then there's an arrow pointing to her backside in this photo, and the the the, the lingerie she's wearing is a bit see-through, and it says." Yes, comma, Chris, comma, that's your pussy, period. That's yours, Chris. These are weird. This is weird. You kind of get the impression she's a handful in the sack from <laughs> You kind of get an impression she's a handful everywhere. Like, Yeah. But uh, I love her. Good for her. Yeah, and good for you for looking like Olivia Munn. Yeah, good for you, too. Let's get to the next one. It is a voicemail. Yo, Dylan. Here from Kansas City. I uh, got a question for you as a uh, fellow K-Cup boy to another. Is it a broke boy move or a fiscal move that uh, when you're uh, drinking out of your uh, your cake cup machine, is it uh is it cool to reuse the same cake cup or should you always use a fresh one every time? Like I'm talking, put one in there, get yourself a cup of coffee. And, you know, they're not cheap, so flip it up, pop it back down, and just run another cup through it. What you think? Thoughts? Suggestions? I mean, usually I'm always running new ones, but today I was running low on cups, and I didn't really want to go to the store, so I ran a second cup through it. So it got me thinking. Let me know. See ya. We don't need to spend a whole lot of time on this one. I just thought it was funny. Uh, This is something I've actually done before, too. Wait, reusing one? But you can't let it sit. Like, if you you drink a cup, let's say you just pound it because you just want coffee, and if 15 minutes have passed and you're ready for another cup, it's not the worst thing to reuse it. Or if you want, just want to double up and make a, a, a double big cup of coffee, you can run it through twice. Okay, hold on. But if, if the if a coffee grounds are sitting there and they get cold, that's when it's time to throw it away. I'm failing to understand exactly what we're talking about here. K-cups are what we use here at the office. Yeah, the little cartridge that has the grounds in it. It runs the water through. Okay, and you can use filters. those more than one time? Yeah, why not? I was under the impression that all the caffeine and the coffee and what sh- the shit that you need gets taken out with one use, and it's not something you can even reuse. I didn't know that was even an option. Now, I would assume that if you reuse it the second time or even a third, it just keeps getting weaker each time you do it. How much is a K-cup? Uh, they're probably more expensive than you realize. Shit, man. I- I've never purchased one because we have them at the office readily available, but well, they're not I- super I- cheap. But do people, is this a common thing that I people don't know. do? I don't, huh. It's the first time I've ever heard of it, and it, I include it because I have done it before. That's funny. Yeah. It just seems lazy as shit. Like, but ah, fuck it. If the cup's sitting there long enough to where it, it gets cold. After it's been heated. That's, that has become trash. That's gross, yeah. Throw it in the trash can. But if you want to double up your cup, or if you just want to pound and then do another one while it's still hot, it's not the worst thing in the world. Save a buck. Yeah, just, but it is kind of. Get you another K-cup. It is, it is definitely a broke boy you, move. You fucking scumbag. Make, make no doubt about it. Micah? I've got K-Cup takes. Of course you do. K-Cups are all trash. They None of them make good coffee. It doesn't matter which machine you have. Oh, that's just they are terrible for the environment. In fact, the man who invented them said that he wishes he would have never invented the technology because it's, it's led to so much pollution. I don't even care about that. It's just trash coffee. K-Cups are in... They are. It is not possible to get a good cup of coffee out of a K-Cup. Period. What makes it so bad? The, because I don't, I don't. It's just a cup of coffee. Just a cup of coffee. Coffee uh, starts losing its freshness the moment you grind it, and so in order for a K cup to operate, it's obviously pre ground, uh, even though it's resealed. It's just, it's, it's bad. 
It's so bad much all the coffee is pre-ground, though. You, I mean, people buy pre-ground packages at the store. Every well, they day. shun it. Here's what I'm saying: If you're a broke boy, you should just buy. Very, full. very few people are are grinding their own beans at home. You don't have to grind them at home. You can grind them at the store. Or okay, at home. and the minute you do that, they start becoming whatever. Well, you yeah, say. just go buy enough beans for what you need. Look, K cups are trash. They're bad. They're they're not good. They don't really create coffee that quickly. And uh, if you're a broke boy, just go buy some coffee beans and make coffee. You can go buy a coffee maker for like twenty bucks. There's absolutely a cheaper way to go than uh, going K cup route. That being said, if you're in an office environment in which we are, K cups are provided. That's an easy. There are many. The last three offices I've worked in have had K cups. It's easy. Uh, yeah, if you got to reuse it, go ahead. It's like a lot of people don't realize tea bags. Uh, you guys ever make tea? Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's been a minute. I put my, you know, I put my balls in a mouth or two. Different kind of tea. <laughs> different kind of tea bag situation. No, but, I'm not a tea drinker. Well, there have been times in my life where I've switched from coffee to green tea, where mostly I just have to pee a lot because the green tea only has like one tenth as much uh, caffeine, so you just drink it all day. Anyway, you can reuse tea bags. So I, I would think hypothetically, reusing a K cup coffee cup shouldn't be the end of the world. Did I answer his question? I think we answered it pretty well. Terrific. We have one more voicemail. Let's get to it. Hey, Dylan. Brian from Atlanta. Uh, recently, Mike was griping about sitting in the top deck, maybe the last row at Bryant-Denny Stadium. This last weekend, I went to the Georgia LSU game. I was in row one, which ideally sounds like a good row, but uh, it is field level, and essentially no one could view anything that's going on as you're about 20 feet behind the LSU bench. All the players are 6'5". No one in the first few rows could see anything. That plus LSU just doesn't show replays. It wasn't the best viewing experience. So wanted to see if you had any thoughts on first row where you can't see anything, last row where you can at least kind of see the ants on the field, or general in-game seating advice. Let me know your thoughts. Thanks. So here's another one from the Humble Bragg Hall of Fame. Dude, yes. seats were so good, he couldn't see the field. <laughs> we're so sorry, sir. Uh, yeah, so so Micah recently sat near the top row of Bryant-Denny Stadium for the Bama-Mizzou game. Yeah. And then this guy couldn't see the field because he was right behind the players. The sweet spot, the best seats in a football stadium are 50-yard line, probably five to ten rows up, I would say. Yeah, that's this accurate. Issue. Yeah. Uh, so here's my question to you, Bill. What's the best seat in all of sports? Oh man, that's that is a tough one. I don't think uh, it's that tough. I'm gonna say behind home plate. Okay. Be- because I've never been close. Though. What about courtside for basketball? Oh, yeah, that's the easy answer. Have you ever sat courtside's clearly? Have you ever answer. sat courtside? No, but I have sat close and uh, like three, four rows back behind the basket, not on the side out, if you will. And yeah. you're right. That's that's the easy answer. So I had a, a, an opportunity to do this one time. I saw a Spurs game. Courtside? They played the... This is actually a finals game. No way. Wow. They played the... Oh, the Pistons, maybe? Don't, don't, I don't the know. It was, probably, it was probably 2005. That sounds about right. I mean, they've played yep. every team in the finals at some point. And so my, my stepdad, he used to run a construction company. He bought equipment from Peter Holt. Holt, Holt uh, uh, you know, machines, whatever. And he was the owner of the Spurs. So we, I had courtside seats for the game. Okay. You can, he, you can hear... The players like calling out plays and talking shit to each other. 
I, I remember very vividly Manu being calling for the ball from Tony Parker, being like, hey, Tony, hey, Tony. It was like you can hear what they're saying. Tony. It is wild. And they're obviously, you know, seven feet tall and they're right next to you. It's That is an insane experience. Yeah. I'm talking feet on the wood. It the, was wild. This, okay, I'll give you the se- the second best seat in sports is directly behind Booger McFarland, so that you can't <laughs> actually see anything. I was yeah. waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, have you guys ever been on the sideline for a football game? I have not, but I imagine that's incredible. You know what? It's not, dude. Football is not a good spectator. The sport. thing is, it, it exactly like if you're on the sideline, and I've been there for uh, college games when I used to work in TV and stuff. Um, so you're. You know how the team is between the 20 and the 20. That's their sideline. So most of the the other people are like either in the end zone or between the 20 and the end zone. Uh-huh. So your your vantage point isn't very good when the ball's on the other side of the field. Like you can't like if you're sitting courtside of a basketball game, every you're seeing everything perfectly clearly. But when it's right in front of you, the thing that you like realize is how fast those dudes are going. Oh, yeah. right? And what you you see sort of in basketball too, but like Pro football, especially, I've had a bunch of guys who, when I used to work in TV, they're like, be careful down there. I'm like, what do you mean? It's like, well, especially when you go to a pro game, those dudes are moving so fast and they're so big, you don't realize like the force that they're traveling with until you're down there, until you see it. Like oh, that lady got murked at the, the oh Dolphins game. Oh my God, that, yeah, that was smoked. bad. You've got to keep your head on a swivel like in a way that you certainly don't have to in a Yo, basketball game. Yeah, he set game. the football down on her lap and walked off. Hey, Which I thought go. was a, a decent move, but I mean, I he get smoked. Was it? I mean, was he going to do? Yeah, I know. I just he can't made provide it her medical assistance. Yeah, did like, he here, put the football? Sorry, down. Here, here's a here's a football. She's I don't like, know what oh, I guess I got this football now. And she didn't even acknowledge it. She just let it sit on her it lap. Was that was funny. She didn't know where she was. Uh, another thing that comes to mind about the basketball seats when they're that close. So, I grew up playing basketball like as a kid, and so you have a, a, like an, a mem- an image in your mind of what a basketball court looks like. with yeah. you know, a bunch of you know five six to to six two white kids running around on it. Right. It makes the court seem really small when the average height of the guys out, out there are like six eight. When they range from like six four to seven two, right? Like this, they seem like they're too big for the court. Like it's Giannis really can get from basket to basket in three steps, and so it all seems really congested. And they're moving really fast, and they're really big, and it's it's kind of hard to follow the action because they move so fast, and it's just the basket seems small, the court seems small. It's really interesting down yeah. there. Dude, I'll say this: football as a spectator sport, like in stadium viewing, is awful. And well, it, pro here's football why, especially. Here's why: there are so many things going on in a football field during every play, like the intricacies of what's going on with the defensive line, the offensive line, the linebackers, the receivers, the running backs, the quarterbacks, the audibles, all the different things. You can't see any of that shit in the stadium. You can't see any of that shit. And yeah. pretending you can is ridiculous. You're right. You're right. You can't see dick. There's all these angles you need for football that you get through the TV that make for an incredible home viewing experience. But if you attend a football game in person, really you're there for the environment. It's the energy because you can't yeah, see shit. Yeah, for sure. If The best seat, I think, in a football stadium for viewing the entire field is probably 50-yard line, upper deck, first row. Yeah, you're probably. Looking, you're looking down like on top of the in field. In terms of like seeing the most, seeing that's the probably most where action. you need to be. Yeah. And just to be clear, the seats that we were in, we were very close to the top, but we were dead center of the end zone. And it was actually a very interesting vantage point. I enjoyed it. You could yeah. see plays developing and and stuff that even that um so they weren't they weren't bad necessarily, but it was it was different. I hate my original answer. Yeah, I was gonna say my favorite seat inside a baseball stadium is right up against the dugout. Okay. Along the first or third baseline. Yeah. Right up against the dugout. You can set your cup down on top of the dugout. 
You, you can't see shit behind the plate. But There's fucking fence in your way. Head like, on a swivel, though. A oh, line yeah, drive come at popped. you. A snapped bat will come at you. Someone lets Ooh. the bat go. You get murked. You guys ever sit on the glass at a hockey game? I have not. I have, yeah. That's fun. It's tight. I've heard that's real, real tight, though. It's fun to bang on the glass and feel like you actually matter. Yeah. It is. I like to feel like I matter. Uh, Golf, like the 18th green on a on Sunday, maybe be pretty cool. But Yeah, if you it, can the, get up there. The action's so slow. We, yeah. We, like, for example, when we were at the Masters back in 2017... Uh, when Dylan and I attended the Masters, I don't know if you know that, but we went to the Masters. Anyway, Sunday, we couldn't see shit on 18. There's a billion people around that motherfucker. But we were camped out on 16 pretty much most of the day. And we could and see everything there, baby. Tight. Oh, man, I want to do that again. We saw Kutcher Ace, and I we did. jizzed in my pants. That was one of the loudest I've ever heard, like, a sporting event. It was one of the happiest moments of my life. It was crazy. Which is inexplicable, because it had nothing to do with me. Let's talk audible for a minute. Earlier, Bill said that no one's reading anymore. It's all it's all audio shit. He's not wrong. Oh, I'm not wrong. Everyone's listening on your commute, even at home watching TV. Just pop the headphones in at the gym. At the gym, that's a big time too. Audible is your place for all audio books. Yes, sir. Fitness programs, audio books, Audible originals, and more. Audio books got you. You can do a 30 day trial. Your first audio book is free on a 30 day trial, and that is. Audible.com slash mailbag. Audible.com slash mailbag. You can also text mail the word mailbag, one word, to 500-500 um, and to activate that same offer. What are you reading these days, Bill? You read anything? The book that I'm actually listening to on Audible right now is called The Hike by Drew McGarry. It's very funny and interesting. You're a big um, Drew McGarry guy. I'm a big Drew McGarry guy. I think both of his, or all three of his novels are really good. And uh, I think he's a funny dude. I'm not a huge fan of his online writing anymore or his Twitter, frankly, but I still love his <laughs> novels. And uh, that's the one that I'm listening to right now on Audible. Audible is a great product, man. It's, it's awesome because you don't have to return your books if you decide to cancel your membership. Those are yours to keep. You can go back and re-listen to any book anytime. And if you don't like a book that you get through Audible... They let you exchange that shit, no questions asked, which is also huge because, as you know, sometimes you get a couple chapters into a book and you're like, this isn't for me. And rather than having wasted that money, you can get another one. So it's great. Start your 30-day free trial. First audiobook is free, rather, not a free trial. But all you have to do is go to audible.com slash mailbag or text mailbag to 500-500. Bill, Jeff, fun? That was it, man. I had a blast. That was a good time, wasn't it? A blasty blast. Remember. Yeah, fun, man. The hotline number is 833-345-5662. Don't forget to check out the Ross Boland podcast. It is very popular, and if you check it out, you will see why. People like it. People love it. Where can they follow the, the uh, I'm sorry, me? Ross Boland podcast and the Ross Boland? If you just follow me at WR Boland on Instagram and Twitter and Snapchat, you're going to get bombarded with where to find anything else yeah, I do. You so just follow it. my regular ass accounts at WR Bolin. And, uh, and thanks for having me on. Y'all have good questions, man. Y'all are, y'all are weird. I like that. They, they like to keep it interesting. Yeah. yeah. All topics are on the table, Bill. That's good what show. I'm, I'm happy to have finally you. made it. Hey man, we'll have you on again sometime. Woo. And of course, please follow the mailbag podcast. It's just at mailbag podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And that's it today, guys. Boom. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Adios.